0: Morning slash afternoon slash evening. Welcome to the Kairos and Rice podcast, a perfectly passable China Africa podcast. I'm your host, Winslow Robertson, and I'm joined by our co-hosts, Lena ben Abdallah, a PhD student in international relations at the University of Florida, and I Ting Wong, our resident China sustainability specialist. Ladies, how are you doing today, or tonight?
1: Doing great, Winslow. Thank you.
0: Excellent. Um, And... Eating is probably muting herself as she's eating dinner during the recording of the podcast. (laughs) Um, Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, African Development Jobs. African Development Jobs, a site run by Nino Duro, six connect development workers with professional development resources and work opportunities in Africa. On a quest to help diversify development, it highlights the voices and issues of Africans and the diaspora in the field. It is also the best site for finding employment in the development field in Africa that I know of. More and more Africans in China are sharing their experiences with the outside world on their own terms. Blogs, videos, songs, etc. are springing up all over the internet to give testimony to their experiences. We are fortunate to have on the pod Shubila Shubila Ruth Kikoko. I hope I said that correctly.
2: Yes, that's that's all right.
0: I'll I'll take all right. (laughs) Who is pursuing a PhD in strategic and risk management at Wuhan University of Technology whose memoir, Incubated in China, will be be released later this month, in August of 2016. This book chronicles her journey from Tanzania to China, and will be an incredible resource for anyone that is researching African students in China now. Shubila, welcome to the pod.
2: Thank you so much, Winslow.
0: I am absolutely delighted to have you on. Could you tell your audience about your book? Was this the sort of book you envisioned writing when you were a young girl, as you mentioned in in the opening chapters?
2: Uh, First of all, I would like to uh, appreciate uh, this opportunity to share my story uh, with with you guys. I'm truly humbled. Uh, Talking about my book, Incubated uh, in China, this is a memoir about my life events uh, from primary school to here. Uh, in China. So I, I talk about m- most of the major events that changed my perspective on, on life, uh, the good and, and bad things. Well, mostly bad, uh, because I think we can learn from we can learn from those. Uh, so this is basically my testimony ab- about uh, how God has been great in, in my life uh, for, uh, for his mercy and, and grace. Uh, so, that, that, that's about it. And, uh, well, this is, uh, it, this is not exactly what I envisioned to write when I was a, a younger girl. Uh, when I was about 17, uh, this was a year after my mother passed away uh, from her fight uh, with breast cancer. At that time, I aspired to write about her story, uh, her faith in God and her fight uh so at that time i wanted to write about her i thought uh i think she is a phenomenal woman and i wanted to share her story with the world and i was hoping that other families or people going through the same thing could uh, get some motivation or encouragement through her story so that is what i wanted to write um uh, when i was younger but i include her story in this memoir uh she's being a really um influential part of of my life, so my readers will also get to learn about her from this book uh, thank you there's
3: a there's a really um i would say excruciating um you know sense of honesty I think in 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 your mm. stories from very early on and it's you know it's really um uh, it's very ins- inspiring in this, you know, very simple descriptions of Thank of life you. events that, you you know, you mm. obviously deem very important. Um, and I guess, mm. and you talked a little bit about, you know, how your mother story motivated you to write this book. Um, yes. But I think what, you know, who are you really thinking in your mind when you write this book as your audience? Um, you know, what is the really the sort of the most important lessons that you would wanted to share with the the, the audience that you're intending for?
2: Well well I think the audience for, for this memoir could be uh, people in the late teenage years uh, in senior high school to older people uh well i I feel younger adults would mostly relate to this story as i try I write about my struggles and embarrassments, even uh trying to find myself uh my values um and trying to find God and who I am. Uh, so I think maybe that kind of audience, those readers would relate to this story as they also try to find themselves and what their what what, what their purpose in life is. Well,
1: mm-hmm. uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got to Wuhan? Uh, just to give a little bit more context to um, to okay. our listeners. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, uh, before I came to Wuhan, I was working with bank in my country. I uh, was a manager in performance and retail uh, banking there. Uh, and then I did not have a scholarship. I came here for my MBA. So I saved money to come here in China. I, I was looking for something new. Um, I I was not. Uh, I wanted to do something for myself. I was not interested in employment. And uh, at that time, I figured that everybody's coming to China. So I saved some money and I came up here to do my MBA in hope that I would go back with more than just a degree certificate that I would get to maybe open up a business or find myself in, in, in some way. So that's how I came to uh, came about to come here in China, Wuhan. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, for our listeners' knowledge, do you have to pay for the MBA up front? In the US you you usually pay yes. loans. <laughs> so people have school debt after they leave their MBA.
2: No 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 no. In China you have to pay. So I had to come up with like save money for maybe for a, I had a money I had my tuition fee uh, for a year and my allowances. So I saved it before I came here and I paid. uh, There's no loans here.
3: And I'm curious, what made you decide to come to China um, Mm -hmm. out of all the options you might have for your MBA?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, at that time, I figured that everybody's coming to China. China's the biggest producer uh, in the world. You know, uh, even America, people are coming to to, to China to produce. for production and things like that. I thought I had a better opportunity to to make it here in China in terms of business uh, and things like that.
3: uh, Do you um, you care to maybe elaborate on your title Mm -hmm. of the book, Incubated in China?
2: Uh, uh, incubated in China, mostly it means growth. I feel that uh, here in China, I've had time to grow. Um, I've experienced a lot of challenges, and as I was experiencing them here, I I got to grow into a to, into a better self. Uh, as I told you that I saved money to come here, and at one point, uh, all my resources finished. And then I didn't know what to do. And uh, my readers will read this in the story. And so that's why I feel like China here yeah, is a place where I got to. It's like I, I was incubated uh, to become better. Uh, so that's why I incubated in China.
3: Yeah. And I really like uh, um, one of the verses um, in their in yes. earlier chapters in the book. Um, if mm-hmm. I could quote here. I uh, truly uh. believe that there has to be a reason why I went through all I did. This is why I yes. share my experience. And maybe in that process, someone will be relieved of their pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think it's very beautifully written. And I thought, you know, this gives me a sense of why you're writing this book. Um, Thank and, you. And I think there's a great sense mm-hmm. of empathy in there.
2: Thank you so much. I hope my readers will get to learn something maybe as they're reading through my story they can get to see their life in in my story they can relate somehow uh, that is what I was hoping for that to, that maybe they will feel that they're not alone uh and it, it, actually it's not a shame it shouldn't they shouldn't be uh ashamed of what they're going through
0: Shabila, if we can switch gears what is the role of religion in your life story and in the text itself
2: Uh well I'm a Christian I'm a devoted Christian uh and God is the is at the center of my life so my readers will get to see this experience this uh in the book although uh, it, it hasn't always been been so so they will also get to to read about my struggles uh, as how I try to find myself uh, and try to find God.
0: And it really seems that that your your book, um, at least in, in the early chapters, has yes. has a, a, a strong emphasis on um, overcoming adversity and combining that yes. with with God. Um, I'm wondering if you could yes. expand on that because at the the early chapters, as Easing mentioned, were quite. Yes totally honest they were not easy chapters for me to get through
2: <laughs> uh, well I think that uh, everybody in everybody in our lives we we have a purpose why we're here in the world and sometimes uh, this the devil wants to steal this from us and we we are going uh, Outside, we're living outside of our purpose, and we—I feel—we need—we need courage, and in finding our purpose, we need to find God, and uh, and to have courage to follow, or to obey, uh, our purpose, or to follow through our purpose. So, uh, in my book, I talk about a lot about God and how uh, how merciful has been and how gracious he's been in my life and in my family's life. Although I've done uh, some bad things in, in my life, but uh, he, he he's always there to forgive and to give us a second chance if, if we allow him.
0: Yes. Thank you. And um, could you tell our audience, what was your writing process like and what was the the publishing process like? I have not seen a lot of these <clears throat> sorts of memoirs, from um, mm-hmm. African people in China.
2: Uh, well, it was this was is my first uh, my first book, uh, so I I didn't have a lot of uh, mentors or people who have already written. So, uh, mostly I just had an idea of what I want, uh, what I wanted to be in my book. I knew that I wanted 10 chapters. So, in the beginning, I just wrote uh, the names of the chapters, uh, basically just to put a skeleton of, of, of what I wanted. And uh, then later on, put to, to write the sub, sub uh, section, sub chapters. And after that, just uh, filling in the meat. Uh, the words. I actually was just jumping <laughs> from chapter 10 to chapter 2, uh, just writing whatever comes uh, in my mind. Maybe on that specific day, what I remember, I would just write and fill here and there, fill different chapters. And finally, it all came uh, came together. Uh, my My English is not very good. <laughs> I asked, so I looked for an editor. She checked on my work and made my my story more readable. And then, yeah, I I published through CreateSpace in Amazon. It's quite easy there. They give you a lot of uh, assistance and you, they make it easy. So so that that was my 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 process. That was the process that I used.
0: How did you balance writing Mm. a book with your studies and your multiple part-time jobs? um, Did you write, you know, at the same Mm. time every day? Did you find time over the course of of your studies? Um, What were the mechanics like?
2: Uh, Well, you know, in writing, Thing, you you don't have the, the like inspiration to write every day sometimes I wrote maybe every day mm-hmm. of the week and then after that I wouldn't have like I don't I don't feel like I wouldn't feel like writing and then maybe a week would pass and I don't write uh, so basically during my free time, I would write uh and uh, this semester I mean the past uh, the past semester I, I wrote a lot this I I had a target like an objective that I wanted to finish um and launch uh and launch in 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 August so um and that's why I extended my my study here um I, I felt like I feel I have uh the past semester have put a lot on writing and finishing this book so I put on hold um, my my research. Uh, hopefully to finish next year, to graduate next year in July.
0: Wow, that's yes. Uh, that 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 explains the the extension request.
2: <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm
3: wondering maybe to help the audience to have a better uh, sense of you know the flavors of the book. Um, I wonder if you could maybe share um one or two um highlights um mm-hmm. you know in in the five years that you spent in China that um has mm-hmm. become i I don't you know the most um mm-hmm. um moments of
2: transformations
3: that you talked about. Mm-hmm.
2: Well I can talk about one Wow, uh, when all my my resources like my bank account like my money was finishing and I had no money and here in China like I I I didn't speak Chinese there's no job that I can get at that time uh it was 2000 and maybe 12 at that, and, and being an african uh, an african lady in china at that time uh most Chinese employers they they didn't they didn't prefer uh, black uh, teachers teachers with black skills Kin, mm-hmm. uh, because you know, uh, and that that was all the job that I could get, being a teacher, English teacher. So it was quite um, a struggle, a challenge. Like, what do I do? How do I get money? I cannot ask my my father for money. You know, I already worked for about four years. I cannot ask for money. I cannot ask my siblings for money. So. Uh, at that time, I started doing hair. Like uh, my friends, I put up a uh, an advertisement saying like I'm doing hair. If you want your hair to be done, so at that time it was really, <laughs> it was really you very know very entrepreneurial. Being, yeah, like being a manager uh, in a bank and then going to just doing hair. That was really that was really a, big for me when I told my my father. That I'm doing here, I could hear him get so emotional, almost crying. I'm like, "Oh, Dad, please don't cry." So you know, just try to make it here, and, and, you know, not not being influenced, and try maybe do some works in a nightclub or some other things. Just try try to be right and uh, earn your money. Try to survive. So that that was quite challenging here in China. I will remember that.
1: Was there a sense of community at all with other Africans, or how is how is that angle from Wuhan? From uh, Wuhan, are you able to? Are there a lot of Africans that you can meet there? Are there African students in the same university? Yes. Uh-huh.
2: You know, Wuhan has uh, more uh, educational institution like m- more than any city in the world. So there are many African uh, students here. Many foreigners from other nationalities as well. And uh, we also have a, a, an association for ta- Tanzanians in Wuhan. So oh, wow. yes, yes. Wow. So you have a you have a sense of community, and you have friends. You don't feel alone. Uh, quite alone. And, yeah. Uh,
0: what What does the Tanzanian um, Friendship Society or, or whatever their their name is? What do they do mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Wuhan?
2: Well, uh, you know, they welcome new Tanzanians that they come here and we get together and have a party maybe during maybe independence, Tanzanian Independence Day, and uh, are the source of information from maybe from the embassy, uh, so we can get to share different information about uh, what we're supposed to do or what's happening. Uh, Yeah, and maybe sometimes people, they get uh, in trouble, they get sick. It's a place where we can, you know, you we, you can get help from the people, yeah, from, from your people.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Are there are there other Africans
1: from other from different other countries other than Tanzania or?
2: Uh, you mean other nationalities that have uh-huh. uh, these associations in China? Right. Uh, yes. I mean,
1: in in Wuhan specifically, because <clears throat> you talked about the Chinese, you talked about the Tanzanian Friendship Association. I was wondering if you were in touch with, say, you know.
2: You know, Africans at large, like not necessarily just Tanzanians. Yes, really. yes. So we even have East African, East African community, whereby wow. all the East African, Tanzania, Tanzania, Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, Burundi, and mm-hmm. we get together. Uh, we can have uh, parties together and different activities. Yeah. So there's, uh, there is a sense of community here for other uh, other Africans in in Wuhan. And how about the food? Is there such a well, thing it, as African food there, or what, what, yes, what's up? Yes, you know, uh, some people now, uh, many people are coming with different spices, even even food from from their country, and they're selling them here. So, if you want maybe different spice, your customer used to different spices from your country, mm. you can always get them here in China. Very so, interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, into
1: this, into these students and community that you're in touch with, like, I want to ask you if you have any perceptions Mm. of, you know, what, what what do you think their aspirations are? Are these, um, you know, students aiming to um, stay a little bit longer in China for work? Are they uh, aspiring to uh, stay there or go back to the respective countries with, you know, projects and work? Or what's your sense of aspiration? of these African students there uh, in Wuhan after they finish their degree or?
2: I I feel uh, most of the African students here they and researchers here, they they are aspiring to have, you know, many are aspiring to open businesses, to have collaborations with uh, Chinese companies or Chinese partners, you know. Uh,
0: right. They are
2: quite business business uh, oriented business centered mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. many of them, they get into partnerships. They're, you know, in this past past year, I've seen uh, different uh, different people opening up uh, companies, and it's quite interesting how they're really. I feel Africans here the students foreign students they're really grabbing this opportunity being How in about China. how about
1: how about Shubila? Yes How about you How about me
2: mm-hmm. uh, I you know I teach uh, at the at a university I, I would like to be a lecturer after I graduate um, and also I would like to get into uh, literacy literacy projects uh in Africa so mm-hmm. and then real estate business has always been in, in my heart so i'm going slowly uh towards my 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 mm-hmm. dreams um, I hopefully in in the future I will be able to have more uh, impact or uh, contribution mm-hmm. in the literacy of uh, in my in my country, uh, and also I would like to get into real estate business uh, that's quite booming in my country right now.
0: And I think we're gonna close <laughs> with what. Piece of advice would you give to African students okay.
2: in China now? Okay, uh, you know now with the this the relationship between China and Africa is getting better, and uh, African governments are getting more scholarships for students to come here, and I feel that the African students uh, who are coming here they should. Aim higher. They should have a purpose before before they come here. They should know what they want. You know, the three years or four years they pass by so quickly. If you don't have an objective of what you want to achieve out of China, uh, you know, China is both uh, the biggest consumer and producer in the world right now. And if they come here, they're they are in the right the right country and the right time. I feel they should they should strive to have collaborations, you know, uh, that will benefit both China and Africa. Uh, one should uh, should not go back with only their degree certificate, but they should they should uh, strive to get more more out of China, more than just a degree certificate. Yeah, so that is what I would, and also I think small steps they they matter a lot. You know, I see students coming here, and they in the beginning they feel like, oh, I don't want to learn the Chinese language. Uh, It is very important that the Chinese language is very important. That would give them a big, um, you know, a a room for 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 success here, the Chinese language and and culture. So the small steps count. Right from the beginning, they should know what they want. So that is what I would like to tell them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. So we're going to move on to recommendations.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, um, this just came into my inbox this morning. Um, It's one of the latest articles written by Lili Kuo, who's a frequent guest of her pod. Um, She just wrote an article in Quartz about um, the new coal-fired power plants in Kenya um, that has... Uh, attract a lot of controversy uh, not least for its um, reported hiring of Chinese labor directly from China um, but you know she goes into to talk about the, the perhaps the bigger um, concerns um, about China you know potentially exporting the um, a development model that it's primarily um, conditioned upon uh, fossil fuels. And, uh, you know, as China is uh, ready to perhaps even ban new power plants domestically, and so the pressure for exporting that, this um, um, overcapacity is is mounting. So quite interesting article, you know, in it's, it's part of the enduring myth around Chinese labor in Africa, but it certainly it's more than that, so... I would recommend reading that, and I'm sure you can just Google Lily Qual and, and, and Quartz, and you'll find it on the internet. For today, I
1: wanted to stay in the literary genre and recommend this um, the first poetry book uh, that was translated from Chinese into Kiswahili, which is Kenya's national language. Um, So the launching of this book was just four days ago, uh, which uh, it happened at the Confucius Institute at the University of Nairobi. And it was translated into Kiswahili by um, the Kenyan writer Philo uh, Ikonia. And um, so this is just a a collection of... the title in uh, the, the translated book is, is not that I speak any Swahili, what at all. So pardon, you know, the pronunciation. But it's uh, Maneno Yamoto uh, uh, Kutuka China, and uh, I wanted to. I think if uh, listeners want to look for this ebook, so it, it's actually available as an ebook. Um, you can just check it on. Alexander uh, Derito's blog. So if you just type it, I'm pretty sure it's really easily found uh, on a Google search. So that's what I wanted to share for today.
0: So for China Africa watchers, um, you might want to check from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of uh, China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs the joint statement of coordinators' meeting of the implementation of the follow-up actions of the Johannesburg Summit of the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation. Um, Basically, uh, as we mentioned in the previous pod, uh, there was a a China-Africa follow-up meeting on on July 29th. But the joint statement that came out was pretty interesting. Now, there's a lot of boilerplate China-Africa stuff in here, yes. But there is some interesting new language. And um, as Lena pointed out, Um, the, the emphasis on, um, sustainability, um, is, is quite interesting. And so if you're a China-Africa watcher, you should look at this language, um, it, it, and just to see the the evolving contours of the China-Africa relationship. Um, I was originally going to maybe go with the Lili Kuo, um, recommendation as well, but you still are eating. Mm.
3: (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. That it means that it's again. really good.
0: Uh, so, Shubila, before we f- sign off, how do people find you on the internet? Do you have a website or a Twitter account that you'd like to share with us?
2: Uh, I only have an Instagram uh, by the name of uh, Shubila Ruth. I also will upload some video on YouTube, the same name, Shubila Ruth. Uh, most of my communications on WeChat, but uh, they can also find me on Instagram and YouTube. I'll be uploading uh, things there.
0: That is the first Instagram um, yeah. uh, <laughs> notification we've ever gotten this podcast. So that's, I, I feel quite proud. Um, yeah, mm-hmm.
3: how do people <laughs> find you on the Internet? Yeah. Um, people can find me on Twitter mostly um, at Dao of the Pool, D-A-O-O. F T H E P O O H. I will promise I will tweet more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Same thing. I can be found on Twitter as well. My uh, at uh, L B B N A B D A L L A H. That's uh, L and then my last name. And yeah, I'll promise to tweet more as well.
0: You've been been doing a pretty good, um, pretty good job (laughs) as of lately, now. Um,
1: Thanks, Winslow. uh,
0: I myself can be found on cowriesrice.blogspot.com and www.cowriesrice.com, the latter site housing my fledgling China Africa consultancy. In addition, my Twitter handle is at Winslow underscore R, and I tweet about China Africa news, events, opinions, and arcana. Um, And I'm just trying to keep up with Lena and eating in terms of my Twitter output.
1: Your Twitter feed is excellent, Winslow, by the way.
0: I recently bought a new laptop. So... So now when I'm on stage, wow. instead of playing around on my phone at night, I'm playing around with mm, my laptop, cool. which allows me to um, to tweet a little more. Very nice.
2: Mm-hmm. That's excellent.
0: And um, that is about it for today's mm. episode. We'd like to thank Miss Kikoko for joining us from Wuhan, as well as African Development Jobs.
2: Thank you, guys. This
0: is thank really you. fantastic. Um, uh, this podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Double Twist, Buzzsprout, Google Play, and iTunes. We are also teaming up with WTND Community Radio from Macomb, Illinois, to share a podcast. We would also like to thank Mighty Michael Pulse Recordings for composing the theme song. And thank you, dear listener, for giving us your time. Take care.